Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. We appreciate you tuning in today. We uh, hope you enjoy the Sports and Media Show. All of them are online at weiu.net, or you can find them on iTunes and even on Facebook Live. Uh, what do you want to talk about first, Joe, about maybe the Chargers going to L.A.? Yeah, you know, the big move there that's uh, been speculated for about a year. Um, they're thinking about uh, moving to L.A. at the same time. Actually, what I think is even more bizarre is I think we talked about is the Raiders possibly then in turn going to Las Vegas. Yeah, it's really weird. Is that so I read someday somebody had a nice tweet that said the two most the, the most popular LA teams moving moving to Vegas while the two unpopular teams are heading to LA and in, in the Rams and now the Chargers. And what's weird is that the Chargers owner Dean Spanos is going to have to pay six hundred and fifty million dollars as a relocation fee to move from San Diego to LA. Now, if you had six hundred and fifty million dollars, you would think you would just that would be enough to build a stadium in San Diego, or at least a good down payment on a stadium. But it's really an odd set setup. And then the place they're going to play for a year, the StubHub Center, only holds thirty thousand people. Right. It's just nuts. Well, it shows a couple of things. One, the money is so big. When the 49ers moved, I was reading the other day, when the 49ers moved from San Francisco to really Santa Clara, which is I guess about thirty miles, yeah. half hour south of San Francisco. They ended up getting with the box, all the luxury boxes, and also nowadays, you know, with the licenses that you have to pay for the right to even before you can buy it. Yeah. In one year, a billion dollars. Holy cow. A billion dollars. And that doesn't even include all of the other things you're taking place. So 650, it's not really that that much in comparison, which is sad. And, And the other thing is really it shows that if you don't sell seats, it doesn't matter anymore. This whole thing of a, it's a ruse now if you don't sell at the stadium because they have deals in place that some company will buy all the stadium seats because they know they're making the money off TV. There you go. The NCAA title game was Monday night, and I, like an idiot, went to bed because I couldn't stay up and missed a classic. Clemson came back and won Alabama, and all indications are that the ESPN did a pretty wonderful job with a lot of their production of it because they had it on all their different platforms. Right. And people were talking about how former Eastern coach Dino Babers was on one of the channels and uh, some neat replays and they even had the homer sites for the radio so kind of a neat way to do that broadcast on monday night with his espn it was it was an excellent game i'd say it's probably one of the top three college games ever i think maybe the 2000 was it six rose bowl with texas and usc yeah, with when, vince young, when vince young Brown, i think that's got to be on there i mean if you're talking about the greatest college football games of all time this is definitely in the conversation don't you think i agree and i wish i saw the end of it oh it was <laughs> it was absolutely tremendous you know it was a great game but the thing you know about those we you, you brought up the other day about the different shows they were going to have with you know with Dino and everybody I tried at halftime going into these shows the one they had where they put together they called it an eclectic group of people but it was pretty much Bill Walton dressed up as Uncle Sam and his really vibrant bizarre outfit oh, and a bunch it. of people sitting around texting it seemed like a party no one wanted to be at 
and no one knew how to talk to one another. It was very <laughs> awkward. Or three people would say things at the same time, and they were half listening. It was all horrible, Phil. I don't know. I only watched it. It was almost like watching a train wreck. That's half the reason I watched, but it got, became so awkward for me. It was like if I were at a party and you're with a group, you just leave to go to another party or some other place. It was and, terrible. And ESPN made a lot of news this week as well. Chris Berman announced that he is stepping down from the majority of his duties at ESPN. And then within the last hour of a recording this show, uh, it's announced that Mike Greenberg is going to leave the Mike and Mike show eventually here and have his own show right. on ESPN. So Berman's been the face of ESPN, and he'll still stay there. But it will be – I think everybody – will miss him more than they think. Even though he's kind of been made fun of as a character, he has been one of those guys you're used to seeing on ESPN and him not being on some of the NFL shows. I think it's still a little bit sad when you grow up with somebody doing those shows. I think it's sad, but he should have retired five years ago. I mean, yeah, he's not at the top of his game he, by He's, any he's means. not significant anymore. I mean, he, he's, he's capable, he's very good at what he does, but he's just not... Sometimes I wonder if he's really into it as well. I think when Tom Jackson left too, that, that took a lot. Those two really had a good rapport. Uh, in there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's the, the thing. Mike Greenberg, yeah. that, that's the point that I'm, I'm really I'd like to focus on, oh, a little no. more, which is that Mike Greenberg this past week, the day after the championship game, he had Steve Spurrier on there, the old ball coach. Yeah. He was interviewing him and that interview with the questions he asked were superb. It, it was very clear why Mike Greenberg is where he is. He and Golick play off each other, but Golick asks the same questions that any other athlete Greenberg asked questions. I think the fact that he was an athlete, he asked questions because he really doesn't know, doesn't know, whereas the athletes feel like if they ask the question, they look like idiots. I think Greenberg's one of the best interviewers out there. I'm just going to... I know you don't like him. <laughs> but that's a... I think he's horrible. I'm sorry. Well, why don't you like him? He's so out of the... T in t I don't think he's in touch with reality of what's going on in the sports world. I think his, his little New York to... To, uh, to Boston kind of area, that's where he's focused on, and it seems like he's so out of touch with what the regular American sports fan sees and, and acts. You know, he thinks everybody loves Tom Brady. He thinks everybody cares about the Jets. He thinks that his world is everybody's world, and I disagree. I don't think a sportscaster should do that. That's my opinion. Is he talented? Yes. I mean, I'm not saying he's the worst sportscaster in history. Right. I just don't see why ESPN is investing like six and a half million dollars on a new show for him. That's his salary to be basically another interview show that he's going to be on doing the same thing he's doing without Golik. They're basically just trying to double their money. It looks like it looks like to me they're going to have Golik on with his son and probably Trey Wingo, and then have Greenberg on ESPN with his own kind of sports center-esque interview show. I've always got a sense that he feels a little uncomfortable doing the show because he's not a glitz guy. I think he's basically a almost like a print person who doesn't want to be in the air. He, he has, I mean, he does obviously want to be in the air. He wouldn't be doing yeah. it. But I don't think he's filled with – like the other day they did – God, it was horrible. They, they, it was somebody's birthday on the show. So they brought in cake, or really cupcakes. And they did like almost a whole segment on bringing cupcakes <laughs> and how Golik wanted to eat them all and he had yeah. a couple. And I just thought, I didn't tune in for this in the yeah, morning. And That's I think, not what I want. Yeah, I want they, hard stuff. And they don't talk a lot about sports sometimes. You're right. They get into movies. They get into the, the other stuff. So, And maybe that's where maybe Greenberg wants to go more into that hard-cutting interview, find out what's going on, where Golik is more like the, 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 the Berman-esque character uh, where he just has some fun and just does what he does. But him and, and I don't see him and Trey Wingo being a very good pairing because Trey Wingo. Oh, they're pairing him with Trey Wingo? That's what the rumor is right now. And then Golik Jr. would be on there um, a lot, too, as kind of the, the main sub is what, what, what I read Is about. there something that matter with Mike Golik himself? 
I don't think Golick can handle it because all the reading of the live reads and stuff he's terrible at. Right. I think he just needs to be that athlete slash jock from his point of view. He's got a good following, but I just don't think he likes the, oh, the dynamics. Yeah, he definitely knows the sports and he, you know, his insights. I mean, he's pretty good, but I mean, he, he doesn't distinguish himself the way I think Greenberg does, uh, despite what you're talking about there. Yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about, but maybe Greenberg's a lot like a Bob Costas, you know, who's yeah. he's got that perspective yeah. that's not the everyman's yeah. one, but he gives a perspective. I'll give that you, you may that. not get it anywhere else. There you go. Yeah. Um, I know that also the other thing about ESPN, first take, they moved to ESPN with Stephen A. Smith, uh, and it, its ratings so far did okay. They were, they're were really going up against Fox big time. Fox Sports and them are battling right now. And, right. And really ESPN kind of has won the first few weeks of 2017, it looks like right now. And then on top of that, Colin Cowherd kind of got called out by Dabo Sweeney from Clemson. You heard about that, right? Oh, I saw it, yeah. So that, that was interesting. See, I was awake. I saw I saw that stuff. So. You saw it live. I had to <laughs> see right. the next day. I couldn't go to bed. Till, I was so excited I couldn't go to bed till 2 o'clock. I love that game. It was <laughs> such a great game. There you go. So other stuff. What's on your mind? I've been, I've been hogging here. So No, no. Those are great things. Well, one thing is about the college football ratings. They, they've actually been down Yeah. Uh, from two years ago. They're, they were even down. I think they were down from a couple of points from last year, percentage yeah, points. Yeah, I think they were down from last year. They were closer I think, I think to the first year. Yeah. Somewhere it hasn't. Well, been. I think everybody really thought Alabama was going to uh, win easily, and so you don't, you're not as excited. And the first quarter looked that way. I mean, I, you know, Clemson looked horrible the first quarter. Alabama was dominating. I'm sure people thought, you know what, same old, same old. Alabama wins again, so I'm going to either go to bed, do what I have to do, and like me, and then I missed the game. And it was <laughs> sort of like last year's game, though, yep. too. It yep. was just a great game. It, it looks, I, I, it was 15.3 was the ratings. They're down 3% from last year. I wonder how much saturation from all the bowl games had to do with it. I was listening to uh, how uh, one of this uh, Twitter, not Twitter, the uh, channels on uh, Sirius, and they were talking about the fact once the NFL playoffs start and you have a college championship game after the NFL playoffs start, it's hard for people to really get excited about a college championship, that they really need to have that college championship before the NFL playoffs start because mm -hmm. really the NFL just takes over. I mean, it's all people are talking about is last weekend's games and this coming up weekend's games. Right. And to have the NCAA championship in between there isn't the greatest of thing, mostly after people just watched a lot of football Saturday and Sunday. Oh, yeah, you have the four playoff games going on. Yeah, I, I don't like – plus it's a Monday night. Yep. Who, who the heck wants to watch it? on Because really, <laughs> seriously, people have to go to work the next day. Yep. Uh, midnight, 1 o'clock on the East Coast. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a great time. That also brings in, you know, the sports, in order to develop more fans – they keep putting these late-night baseball games, football games. The only sport nowadays championship that doesn't start really late at night is the Super Bowl. Yep. And even that's now, what, 6 o'clock now, 6.15, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, and that can get kind of late, but not too late. But the NBA, the you know, Oh, like everything. the Cubs game seven, I mean, got over. By the time you stayed up, it was almost midnight before, the last, before it ended. Right. You think about kids having to go to school the next day. So, yeah, I don't really understand that either, why, they, why they're so – I know they want the East and the West Coast is what they want in terms of ratings, but I still think you get bigger. I think you could play the Super Bowl anytime; it wouldn't matter. Oh, you could. Do, well, when we were growing up, it was one o'clock. Yeah, so you like, know, you can grow the. You need to grow the sport for the future, not just for the immediate. And I think that's a problem also with the Chargers, a team that's been there fifty something years, and yep. they're going to yank them out to a city that doesn't really even want them. I don't think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think LA cares about them. I don't either. They didn't really like the Rams at the end of the year. Now they're getting another <laughs> they, yeah. blue and gold team. Yeah, here's another. Yeah, it's a terrible team. <laughs> Two L.A. teams, both blue and gold with no fan base. But, hey, that's the NFL. Derrick Rose it was in the news this week for the New, right. New York Knicks. And in the world where, like, we can be live right now on Facebook, we can be tweeting, tweeting people across the world, Derrick Rose could not find a way 
to communicate with his NBA team, which is paying him you know, $10, $12 million this year, right. to let him know that he needed to go home. Now, Derrick Rose may have had a perfectly good reason to have to go back to Chicago, and that is not what I'm trying to say here. He may have had a family issue he needed to get with, but you're telling me he couldn't tweet, email, call, or let a buddy know that, hey, I'm going because of this, and I will call you once I know more? I, I To me, the Knicks look like idiots for not just immediately suspending him for two, three weeks and saying, get your head on right, because I, I don't understand it. I, there's just no way impossible in the world we live now that he couldn't have contacted somebody within the next organization. And I can't believe the New York media, which is usually, you know, shark after blood, isn't going, isn't, isn't asking and demanding more of an answer from Derrick Rose. What about you? It's shocking because, I mean, act like an adult. You know, yeah. like we sell it to our students. My, my daughter jokes all around about, hey, I'm adulting today. <laughs> I'm adulting. You know, it's, act like an adult. Tell people it's not that hard. Your GM or whoever it happens to be, let them know this is what's going on. And the fact that the New York media, if I haven't followed the media as much, I read a couple of stories actually on the ESPN. I, if they're not going after them, then I'm disappointed in the New York media. I mean, yeah, that's they should be investigating this stuff. It seems like they're really not doing They're more worried about just calling the Knicks a mess. Well, the Knicks have been a mess for the past 20 Decade? years. Decade? Yeah, at least. Since, 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 since Patrick Ewing since left. Since Patrick Ewing left, exactly. So I, uh, I, that's just amazing to me. You know, uh, college basketball also is, you know, kind of been in, you know, forced you know, and, and thrust into the forefront here. And the weird right. thing about college basketball this year is there really isn't a dominant team or even a set of teams. There's been like six or seven different number ones. Every time a team gets number one, they lose. You've had the Duke problems with Grayson Allen. Baylor gets to be number one, they lose. Kentucky is, you know, really good, but they lose here and there. So uh, NCAA, and, and they really, remember, you need that one good team for them to kind of ride the coattails to go into the tournament. So it'll be interesting to see over the next six, seven weeks what happens if a team steps up. If not, the NCAA tournament can be really up in the air. Who's going to get those one seeds? And that's always a lot more fun for us as media people. Right. But uh, for college basketball, they like to have those, they call them, you know, the the, the, the thoroughbreds in, in the running. Right. I, I, I increasingly grow less interested in college basketball during the season. I love the sport because they allow players to leave so quickly. I miss the days where a Christian Leitner is love him or a lot of people hated him that would be in there. I, I, I used to know the rosters of these teams. Now, you know, the Kentucky team from a couple of years ago, I'm like, oh, yeah, didn't they play a year at Kentucky? <laughs> you know, they're playing in the pros now. Yeah, you don't even know. I, I, I mean, people, sh I guess, should have the right to, d to do that in there, but I think it's hurting – NCAA college basketball. Even though I'll I'll, I'll dip in for the yeah. tournament, it's a great tournament. What, but yeah, what you're you right. Think? You used to, yeah, I agree. You used to know like the, you know the seven or eight top guys on all these teams every year, and you and they really you grew to love. Them. I'm an Oklahoma basketball fan as well. The last three right. or four years, we've got to know the starting lineup for Oklahoma because they, those guys all stayed. Buddy Hill and and, and the other right. guys stayed, and now they're all gone. So you you, you you missed them, but you had a great three or four year run. We're now at Kentucky, they're gone. Indiana, they're gone. You know, uh, Kansas, they're gone. And so it's it's tough to fall in love with teams or having. It's good to have a team to hate. You know, the UNLVs, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, and the Dukes. Uh, yeah, and, and the, the Dukes. Dukes. Yeah. And the Dukes. <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, playoffs this weekend, and I want to get your predictions for who you think is going to win, uh, and who who you think will be the best games of the four. So we'll we'll go through each four games. You got Seattle and Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Who you think is going to win? I really don't know. I'm really bad at prognosticating. I'm, I'm, I'm better at reporting on what's actually there. Who are you rude? Who, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I like Russell Wilson. I really do like Pete Carroll. I like the way they do a lot of the things there. I say you never discount the Seattle Seahawks because okay. of what's going on there. On the other hand, I think Atlanta's been under-represented yeah. or reported yeah. on this year. They've got 
a really a quarterback that can be hot and cold. But then again, I remember what four years ago they were so hot the Giants shut him down. Yeah. You know, so you don't know. Yeah, I, I hope it's a good game. Uh, if I were putting money on the game, I'd probably. Uh, what's the points here? I, have, I don't know. I'm terrible at the spreads. Uh. <laughs> uh, I'd say I'd, I give a slight edge to Seattle for experience. All right. And then the Saturday night game is uh, Texas and Patriots, and everybody's pretty much uh, given that one to the Patriots, which means that'll probably be a better game than we think, right? Yeah. I'm just, the thing that I'm amazed there is that the, the head coach, O'Brien, from, from Houston, everybody's trying to get rid of him. Yeah. This is a guy who's brought the, this really mediocre team into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I can't imagine you're going against the Patriots unless if you're a gambler and you're now, going with the points. I do know that's 16 and a half because it's one of the biggest spreads ever. So I can see taking Texans in 16 mm, and a half. Yeah. Good, good thing I'm not a gambler. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be living in a cardboard box. And then Sunday at noon, Steelers, Dolphins, uh, Steelers, Chiefs, excuse me. So my Steelers playing the Chiefs. I think that'll be a good game, and I think it could go either way. I'm amazed that no one on the Steelers, on your beloved Steelers, got suspended. They played, you know, this is, I don't hate the Steelers, but they played kind of dirty that first half. And I think I saw in the second half some of the players, like James Harrison, backing off a little bit. And I don't, I'd have to look at it to see if, if, if my assessment's really that true. But it, it came across a little bit that way. And I've talked to a couple of friends who feel that way. The Steelers play old time football. And that, that, that's why I love right. them. They, right. And they are not afraid to hit a quarterback. And they did hit the quarterback. And it was just announced he got fined right before the quarterback. He did get fined. $20,000. Okay. okay. Um, I'm surprised. surprised. I guess they don't want to do a suspension this time. If year. it would have been regular season, they probably would have suspended anybody. But right. I, think, I think they would have known that it would have been sure. a media, just a, a, a backlash, and it would have been too much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Steelers played rough and tumble football. That's why I like it. Oh, them. they do. Uh, and the Chiefs, it, it should be a war on on Sunday in Kansas City. It's going to be icy and cold. So be, that will be the most fun game, I think, to watch. Not me being biased. I just think because of the weather conditions right. and two teams that like to hit, will be it'll be a fun game. Yeah, I, I guess the history of the Chiefs and, and, the, and they have an awesome head coach, but I still think the Steelers, I'd give them the edge. They, I mean, you've got arguably the best receiver and the best running back in the league playing in that. And Roethlisberger, great piece in SI, by the way, this week, if you can get a chance to read it. This amazing piece on, on Ben Roethlisberger about before and after the sexual assaults yep. and what have you. Gr- a great piece. Ben's not going to read it. He did announce. He's not going to read the story. Uh-huh. He really should. It doesn't paint him horribly. It just it really gives a background about how why it talks about why he wasn't captain for years. And all the players said, "You're selfish." Jer- Jerome Bettis. He finally sat down with Charlie Batch a few you know back in 2009 yep. or 10 and said, "How can I be a better teammate?" He actually listened. There you and go. Apparently, has become. Seems you know, like a better what teammate. is it, Pouncey, Maurice Pouncey? Yeah, Marcus Pouncey, yeah. Yeah, Marcus. He said that uh, when, when Ben retires, he's going to retire because right. that's how much he loves Ben Roethlisberger. That's pretty cool. And the big game everybody's, I guess, looking forward to is, uh, is it will uh, wrap up the weekend of football is uh, the Packers and Cowboys. Uh, you know, the two of the premier teams in terms of just fan bases across this country. It's Green Bay with their Aaron Rodgers against uh, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott with Tony Romo the, from EIU as a backup. I just got a feeling Romo's going to get in this game somehow. Yeah, it will. It, I think if the Cowboys fall behind, they're going to have to put in Tony Romo. EIU's Tony Romo, right? Um, so we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting games. All yeah, of them are interesting. All four good this games. This time of year, they're all good games. <laughs> yep, I'm going to watch them all. So there you go. What other things do you have on your list over there, Joe? Well, it's that time of the year where Sports Illustrated has its uh, uh, swimsuit issue or, <laughs> as, or, or soft porn, whatever you want to call it. And um, while uh, 15-year-old Joe probably appreciated a lot more than 53-year-old Joe, you know, I, I just don't. It's, it's what's interesting is Allie Reisman, you know, from the Olympics, yeah. she's featured in it. And she's so excited about it. And a lot of them because 
And, and a lot of people are excited in that case because it's athletes actually being in there. It's not swimsuit models. So, yeah. It's the athletes showing off. Like ESPN does the body issue now. Yeah. So when, hey, you should, these are bodies that we worked hard to get to and sculpted. That I understand, but the stuff they've had in Sports Illustrated for many years, I think they're trying to go more towards the ESPN. Yeah, I and think it that's gives a those smart athletes, move. It gives those athletes another uh, platform to, to move on if they want to get out of their sport and go into you know, modeling or you know, fitness Olympics or whatever it is, too. So there's other uh, sure. options out there for them. Absolutely. You know, it used to be funny. I, I guess it was exciting when, you, like you said, the 15-year-old Jeff and Joe, but now it's like right. Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Doesn't mean there's as much as it did a few years ago. There was also another story. I, had, I, I don't know if you'd ever heard this before. I hadn't. About um, Vladimir Putin stealing a Super Bowl ring from Bob Kraft. There was something, I, I rem- it's back in the back of my mind somewhere, but I don't know. Apparently the there was a meeting. He was in there, and Vladimir Putin goes up to Bob Kraft and goes, wow, let me see that ring. And he looks at it and everything, and he pops it in his pocket and walks out. You know, and, of course, he walks out with all the KGB around him and everything, and apparently the United States uh, uh, officials said, don't make a big deal out of it. We're trying to have some good relations with him. So I, I thought that was a, an interesting story to have popped out. Of all the stories to have come out about Vladimir Putin, that's the one I think uh, is the most curious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember hearing something about it. I don't know the details like you said, but uh, right now everything, what's going on in this country, again, nothing shocks anybody, right? Nothing shocks anybody. Nothing. Nothing at all. There you go. So that kind of does my list. Anything else on your list of stuff that's going on in sports and media? We have time. Yeah, we have. Oh, okay. uh, we have, if we need, we got a couple more minutes. So we okay, need. just I guess tying into that thing about Putin is that uh, more and more watching Mike and Mike, we've talked about uh, maybe a dead spin or whatever it happens to be. Uh, sports are no longer just the hardcore sports. You know, there's there's three types of people that sort of watch sports, right? It's the hardcore people like yeah. us. Yeah. Um, but there's the people who are really the social, and then there's the people in the middle that want sort of a mix of things. I wonder. It'll be interesting to see how this next generation comes up, but it seems they're not as hardcore into, the, not that there's not hardcore athletes, but that's why maybe we're seeing like this morning, uh, was it Ice Cube uh, that was being yeah. interviewed on ESPN by Mike and Mike, and, and you have all the, it's sort of like, it is truly sports and entertainment, like ESPN was originally conceived. Yeah, sports and entertainment are combining, that's why Ice Cube's going to reform this three-on-three basketball league, we'll have old right. players and rappers and, and wannabe basketball players, and it, it'll be it'll be interesting, and whether it has any long term uh, interest, I don't know. It might be a short-term interest, but that it, it, it's all mixed up together right now. You're exactly right on that. Yeah, I think it's important for anybody who's going into sports media, whether it's TV, radio, or print, um, to understand that and, and not just feel like I have to do the X's and O's. You have to tell interesting stories. You have to get make connections outside the lines as well. Yeah, it's all intermingled, and it's just like the like the Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather trying right. to get a, uh, a boxing match together and listening to those two. They're arguing more about the dynamics of how they're going to do it, right. and actually saying let's do it, and you know they each want 100 million dollars, and I keep thinking they each want 100 million dollars, and I keep thinking it'll they'll probably get it. Eventually, there's be such public demand for these two, they're each going to get 100 million dollars to go fight. And think about that. Yeah, I, I, I think the only thing I'd spend a lot of money on out for a boxer would be the old Rocky Stallone <laughs> fighting Thunderlips. You know, that was that would have been worth seeing a I'm couple not of rounds. 69.95 for any boxing or UFC <laughs> ever. That, really, I wouldn't pay 69.95 for anything I'm not seeing live. Yeah, so there you go. Exactly. That it? That's all I have. What do you all have? All right. I'm done for this week. We'll be back next week with the Sports and Media Show. I hope you enjoyed it and keep tuning in. And if you've got any feedback, you can email me, Jeff, at WEIU.net. And we'd love to hear from some of you out here who are either watching or listening to this show on all the different platforms. So I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Have a great day, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.